You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Advocates Rebuilding Hell Podcast, brought to you by the generous folks over at the Hockey Podcast Network. We have another exciting, informative, and well, fuck it, rant-filled podcast coming your way. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Corey Fleetwood, alongside the, uh, I don't know, indisputable, amazing Shane Ryan, host of, what, what's it called? Is, have, you, have you changed the name of your podcast or just your Twitter name like a thousand times? Oh, yeah, so I've rebranded. I'm still waiting on the, the picture, the, the new, prof, like new logo, but... Uh, I've officially rebranded the Senators podcast to uh, Sensory and Overtaking. Nice, because <laughs> you know, like when when I heard when I heard the new name of your Twitter, I was like, I'm sure it's got something to do with the overall rebranding of the podcast. But I wasn't about to bring that up in case you were trying to have like a bigger like announcement that week. I didn't need that to be foiled on. <laughs> The devil's advocates, you know? <laughs> no, no. It's just a slow thing. I'm trying to, to rebrand on how things are going to be done for the new season. I've been doing this for about a year. So I want to – I've realized what to do and what not to do, and I'm going to continue to kind of to build off that. And hopefully by whenever the new league season starts, everything will be set, ready to go. And yeah, I'm hoping to, I've learned a lot since this is my first time doing podcasts. So I'm hopefully going to be able to take it to another level. Yeah, man. Uh, I really can't wait to hear what you have coming uh, in store for us. I know you said there's going to be some upgrades coming and uh, all you can do is get better. And you, you, you got the, the information already. You're very intelligent and all you can do is just make it you know, just upgrade your podcast and we can't wait to see how that goes. Uh, as far as guests, you know, we hope you guys are doing good out there. You guys are following the rules. Unlike, you know, some States down here in the South, like Florida, uh, open up their, 
their fucking beaches. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I, saw that. I don't think it's time for that. But uh, I don't think it's know. it's time for anything like that. I just hope that, you know, our New Jersey fans are, you know, it's a heavily hit area with the virus going on. I'm, I'm sure that they're taking care of themselves and doing things the right way. Unlike Florida, who is just the poster child of, of the U.S. of just do? bad younger sibling, you know. Yeah, what not to do. Don't be like Florida. It's always about Florida. And, you know, it's I feel bad for Farrells because that's where Farrells lives. And they're fucking – they're getting wild out there, you know? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Or Farrells, man. Yeah, he chooses to live out there, so I don't <laughs> feel too bad for him. I believe he's going to college out there, but, uh, I you think know, so. uh, best wishes to Farrells amongst the, the Armageddon that is Florida itself. You got to be thick-skinned at to some point to live in, in a state full of uh, just – I don't know. Just I guess you it's it's a wild card. Like it's literally the Joker of you know of a playing card deck. Not 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 like not DC's Joker. I'm talking about like a playing card deck. Like if all the cards they're easily the Joker as far as like they're not very essential. You know, they the card is is with a it's got a thing on it that's supposed to make you laugh. And I guess that's what Florida is. It's got Disney World and some of the most crazy news weird uh news <laughs> articles people. coming out of it <laughs> uh, florida yeah, man folks. does this florida yeah, right. man does that <laughs> it's always for you don't hear someone from like new new york man wrestles a crocodile that just doesn't have a ring to it no but florida, no, florida man, florida man wrestles with a crocodile in the middle of the street mm. that just seems and then you just add the fact that he's on drugs and that just seems very typical stereotypical florida prime florida moment right there you know now this is more of a u.s thing but uh a lot of people say you know like uh california you know with, with them being on their own tectonic plate that there's a chance that they'll you know be their own you know basically a continent in the future um and there's a lot of you know jokes around here like you know you wish california would break off because they're so weird and shit over there I don't really see that. I'm a pretty weird fucking guy. But I think of all Yeah, right. I think of all states that really could be their own independent place. I think Florida has that locked in fairly well. Florida should be their own independent. Yes. uh, (laughs) Like their own independent thing. They're like a a a non trained dog down there. Like you can't kennel train this thing you can't potty train this thing this motherfucker sits in, in a in a dark room you know just barking at fucking nothing at all hours you know you let yeah. it out it fucking doesn't stop running it's, it's got unlimited power unlimited endurance you don't know what the fuck to do with it yeah it's kind of crazy out there but to be fair you know they they make some for some fun stories and that that's all we can ask for. Oh, they're like a you know they are literally a twenty four hour tabloid down there. TMZ is is Florida, you know. Yeah, basically, but in the sporting world, it may not be hockey related, but the NFL draft is on Thursday, and oh. I've never been so excited for the NFL draft until now. <laughs> It's the first sport kind of sporting event being broadcast live 
outside of like the NASCAR iRacing. Yeah. So I'm super stoked. Yeah. Some sort of normality. Dude, I'm sure. You know, like we've all been wondering what'll be the first thing to come back in a sense of, you know, just getting any type of sports knowledge or something to talk about sports related. And, you know, uh, I was hoping it would be something hockey. I really wanted to boost our, our watching, you know, and just people getting involved with it. But fuck, uh, it's pretty awesome that the NFL is, is even going on with a draft. I remember not that long ago, them being nervous about how they would even handle the draft and, you know, and maybe a month's time to see how far they've really come with actually solidifying a date and actually going ahead with it scheduled, you know, as planned. Yeah. And I mean, the, the only hockey news that has been brought up has been the fact that it's not confirmed or I haven't been able to find any official confirmation, but it sounds like the, the NHL cap is going to be set at $81.5 million, which could help the Devils. It could also hurt the devil, Devils pretty uh, pretty drastically. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this, a lot of people are talking about how bad the escrows, escrow is going to be for the players. Um, it's something that I've never really delved into. I'm not – that's something about the sport I've never really looked into that much, but uh, – I kind of feel bad for them. You know, I hear a lot of a lot of people talking about, you know, forfeiting their last paycheck to try to help how bad of a hit that's going to be come, you know, next season. It's kind of a uh, an out-of-place spot for me. It's nothing that I really know too much about. But I know that on Twitter it's causing quite a, a big conversation. Yeah, so for people who don't know uh, what escrow is, is the fact that, the NHL and the NHLPA withhold a, a certain player, like a certain percentage of a player's salary during the season to as a mechanism to ensure teams and players achieve a true 50-50 split of the hockey-related avenue. So the higher the cap, the higher the escrow. Um, but basically is, is that we're losing – because the players don't get paid – based off of, uh, you know, like they're still getting paid. They're still getting – their contracts are still being paid out, whatever. The league is losing revenue. So, unfortunately, you have to figure out a way to make it 50-50, which means that there's a higher escrow in terms of that, which sucks. Uh, I think heading into the – this is a article on June uh, 21st, 2018 – on the NHL's.com's website, uh, escrow pay, escrow percentage for players was 11.5 during the 18-19 uh, season. And I haven't seen anything that shows it's gone up. So, you know, 11.5% is a good amount of money uh, in terms of a year, like, because every player pays into it. So, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, making nine million dollars or seven hundred thousand. You're still paying the eleven point five percent. If you make eleven million dollars, you just pay a higher, higher amount of escrow. I feel I feel like, like I just sat down and listened to, um, with Ice Analytics. Like I feel really stupid, but I feel like 
it's it's shit like that 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 really uh like excites me to listen is because it's something that I have not yet learned and it's someone being able to put it in a in a a lot simpler you know format for me to understand I'm from the south you know Louisiana being like the worst you know school system in America so I didn't have a great you know uh a great education being brought up. And I I love that uh, you guys are capable of making even the dumbest of people uh, get a better understanding of it. That was really well put. Well, talking about the ICE analytics episode, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, definitely check it out on like for their last episode. I'm on it talking about the, the loser point and how much of a different it makes and would the NHL be better suited going to a win percentage instead of the points. So take a listen. Uh, if you, I have a bunch of, I still have to finish it. I have a bunch of numbers showing different things, different results. It can be crazy. It can, there's some years where there's a big jump. Uh, I can guarantee you that in 2012, if under the, the win percentage, there wouldn't, the Kings wouldn't have won the cup. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. So it's a topic always going to be up for debate because neither, you know, win percentage is probably the closest way to a perfect uh, setup you can possibly have. It would just mean you either bring back ties or it's just continuous overtime uh, for the regular season. Right. So it's not like perfect, but it's the closest thing to perfect that you can have. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, would you rather the tie or would you just rather them play? I'd rather them play. I mean, I believe the ECHL did it uh, this year where they updated their playoff format. Um, I'm going to check that real quick. Or not playoff format, their uh, overtime format. And I'm pretty sure they changed it. Uh, so... They've changed it to three on three for seven minutes. Hmm. So they've added two minutes, still three on three, but you know, they've also adopted nicknames on players' jerseys, mm-hmm. which is interesting. They're taking a book out of uh, the MLB. Oh, that's a little. I don't know. I, I I think like XFL, like first gen XFL, with the nicknames, you know. Um, the goalposts are blue. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know how much more you can add to it, but yeah, they've changed their <laughs> they've changed their format to seven minutes of three on three. I like which, that though. You know, I, I find you know with the game with it going three on three. And I'm sure, you know, our Canadian listeners and, and Shane himself, you know, hockey is just an amazing sport altogether. But three on three is very exciting. It's very fast paced. But I find that because it's you, – you get a shot and you're really risking puck control. Obviously, you do that all the time you shoot the puck. But on three and three, you're watching a lot of back and forth racing, not so much of, of multiple passes looking for that opening. You'll see it. But I find that 
most of the games end up being just chasing each other down and seeing who's got more endurance to do it. And I find that maybe adding, adding those, what, two, three extra minutes, it could settle down the game just a little bit more or give them another time for another really good, strong breakout play. Yeah, personally, my ideal format would be going four on four for five minutes okay. and then three on three for five minutes. I would like that. So, and instead of having one 10 minute period where it's as a five minute matter, like five minute buzzer, you switch to three on three, it could literally be one five minute period of four on four, a second five minute, uh, five minute period of three on three, and then a shootout. Or like that a lot. you just do continuous overtimes, 10 minute OT is three on three. Right. You now, want to eliminate the shootout completely, you can do that. You know, I know that the shootout has has become, like, rather lackluster. I do like that the playoffs is really the only time that you see the repeated, uh, you know, five-on-five overtime play. I, I would I would like to keep it that way. That way it's not as I, – I wouldn't say that it's not entertaining in the playoffs, but I think that that adds a little extra something to the playoffs, knowing that this game is going to continue on on, like, a regular, you know – uh, a regular season game where, you know, the end is coming, whether you like it or not, as far as it's coming down to either a goalie versus a, a one single player and a more skilled, a skilled event and not so much as a team play. I kind of like that. It's, it stays, you know, five on five in only the playoffs. Now I like that we switched over to, you know, um, you know, the three V three and then going into the shootout. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really care to see that much constant play as far as having five on five. I do love the idea, though. F- you know, four on four, five minutes, then three on three, five minutes. I think that's. I think that's really cool. I think you still. The further the game gets in, you get even more of a dominant, you know, athletic, really skilled, you know, game. You know, ending of a game. Yeah, and I mean. I've made a I made a joke about it because I hate the loser point. I think it's pathetic that we're rewarding a, a team for losing. Uh, I think it's the same thing as if we were to hand out a smaller trophy for the Stanley Cup losers. So I made a tweet out, and I made it at like eleven o'clock at night. So I wasn't expecting it to get any traction, which it didn't. But why? If we're gonna if we're gonna love this loser point, if the NHL is gonna dive into this loser point, why don't they just bring it to the playoffs? make it a first to eight points, which mathematically would still be maximum seven games. Right. You wouldn't have it any longer. So what would happen is that like, Hey, if you lost in overtime, you still got a point. And then if you lose, so let's say you lose the first two games, you're down four, two, and then you win two in a, you win three in a row. Well, guess what? You're, you've won the series eight to four. Okay. Uh, obviously I think people would be against it, but it just shows the, the fact that like, if you lose, you should lose. You shouldn't be rewarded for, for taking it to overtime. Yeah. Like you, like if you lost, you lost, you won, you won. There's no, no difference. There's I no think problem. It, I think it's it. not fair to the regular, the regular game winners. You know, I remember Ryan, Ryan Whitney goes on uh, maybe last year, a year before that, even saying as far as if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, 
then it feels like you're penalizing the regular game wins, you know, so why not have, if you're going to keep the loser point, why not add it's three points to win in regular two to win in overtime and you get your, your loser point. If you, if you lose enough, you know, in the, yeah, um, I just, the point system's broken. It's not accurate. You're re- rewarding teams for losing in the playoffs for not being able to win games. You know, if you lose 15 games in overtime, well, that's a, that could be anywhere between like, you know, a f- 10 to a 12 point swing, depending on who you're looking at it, because there might be teams who lose in regulation more often than they lose in overtime. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think you know, we said it's it. a five point swing for a lot of teams, minimum a five yeah. point swing. I think we said it in the last couple episodes back, you know, uh, the Blues had, had, I mean, they stayed in first place for almost, it felt like two months. And they were losing, but they were losing in overtime and keeping, you know, just constantly adding on to their point total was really helping them stay ahead of the pack, you know, at least five points ahead of uh, of Colorado and, and Dallas in that, in that really good chase that was happening about midseason. Yeah, like, it's just there's so much that needs to be fixed that it's hard to, to pinpoint the exact – the the exact reason uh but it's just it's frustrating to see teams who don't aren't that good in retrospect make the playoffs <laughs> like it's so infuriating to see a team who has more wins cuz that's happened where a team has had more wins in the regular season and has missed the playoffs. Um, I think it happens quite often, actually. But, yeah, 2011-12. The Kings made the playoffs originally with 40 wins. They were below 500. If you have – if you're below 500, you should not be in the playoffs. It's – because what you – yeah, 2011-12 – they made it eighth. They, Dallas and Colorado both had uh, 42 for Dallas and 41 wins for Colorado. But the difference was LA made the playoffs based off of 15. They had the most overtime shootout losses out of anyone in the, uh, in the West. Florida had 18 overtime shootout losses in 2011-12. It's ridiculous. They went from third, because it was a three-division format at the time, Mm -hmm. if you were to base it off wins, or if you were to base it off point percentage, they went from third to missing the playoffs by a game. They had 38 wins and 44 losses. Buffalo would have squeaked in at 39 and 41. They went from winning their division to being out of the playoffs and Washington jumping from seventh to winning their division. Jeez. It's just things like that make it extremely difficult to not look at going to a win percentage based system because you had two teams that you're not, make the playoffs based off win percentage. Very well put. 
Well, I, I like the idea. You know, I think, uh, I think I'm the type of person that, that doesn't mind hearing, hearing people's ideas as far as revolutionizing the game and, and making it better as a whole, not, you know, just in this few minutes, just really giving you a chance to, to talk about it. Uh, you know, I, I like it. I like your opinion. I, I think that would be a great move. You know, uh, it would definitely make the game more challenging. And I find that the game is, you know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's slipping away from that, but there are, you know, you do see that a lot as far as, man, if you could just take it to the overtime, you know, you see a lot of teams keep, you know, keep rising up because of that. And I don't think that that's as fair as to maybe a team that's really grinding it out, you know, and just still right out of the playoffs because they just didn't have enough overtime, you know. Like I, you know, we talk about, oh, uh, this participation mentality of rewarding everyone who participates, even if they finish dead last. And unfortunately, that's what we're doing with the the extra point is that we're rewarding teams for not being able to win. And yeah. it's ridiculous because hockey really is the only sport at almost every level across the across the globe that has a point system and rewards based off points. So, you know, you have international, which is the three point system and it works for international play because it's usually a small tournament. You know, it's, it is what it is, but in a regular season, I think win percentage is a way better way to look at it. You get a truer, like a, a truer picture of how good teams are. Right. I like it. Um, it almost feels like it's uh, like if you go, if you place, right, and it's just like first, second, third, but then there's always that one ribbon for what is it? Um, it's almost like an appreciation ribbon. I'm trying to think of what they call it down here. An honorable mention, you know, so it's like, hey, man, you, you, you were able to bring this team uh, not, you know, made them really struggle for that two points. Yeah, and it's just I, – I think it's ridiculous and it's been going on too long. You know, you That's win, tough. you win, you lose, you lose. There's no there's no second prize for coming in second. Yeah, and, and imagine, how, imagine how much meaner regular time gameplay becomes, you know. Oh, yeah, the, that 60 minutes mean – a, a hell of a more. lot more. Yeah. Taking because that point you know, out. You, yeah. Because you know that it doesn't matter. If you if you lose, you lose. You win, you win. It doesn't matter if it's in regulation or, or an extra time. So people right. are much more willing to win in regulation than, than they are in, you know, extra right. time because they're not getting anything out of it. I love it. You know, we could really see a lot of tenacity come back to this game. You know, uh, a lot of people say that, you know, the game is really calmed down. You know, maybe you could see a resurgence from this, you know we start seeing a lot of players really take the body a little bit more, just take the game that much more serious, not thinking, oh, you know, we just got to hold them out to OT. You know, then OT becomes even bigger, even more of a scary thought. You know, fuck that. We, we need to take them right here. before. Like, we can't let it go to OT because at that point, it's going to become anyone's game. You know, anyone can win it over time. 
you know, exactly. we'll see a lot more skill, a lot more tenacity in the game if if we can if we can introduce that. And I, I'm on board with it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, we'll see a lot more competitiveness, especially yes. in the last five minutes of the game, because that's where you kind of see play whittled down in a time, you know, it, where you're tied. That's where games slow down because mm-hmm. neither team want to mis- want to make a mistake. They'll bring it to overtime. They both guaranteed a point. But if you right. get rid of it, well, now both teams are fucking hitting it. each other into the boards, dude. That, this sounds. The more we talk about it, the more I get hyped up about it. This sounds amazing. We need to like be, it be petition great. it. Like, <laughs> it would honestly be so great for the sport. And I don't think, obviously, you know, it would be hard to get the players on board and whatnot. But I think it would be the betterment of the league is if they went to a point percentage. I think. I think there's a lot of passionate players out there that would feel like this would bring their game to another level. And, you know, like, I'm sure there's going to be backlash if this was to go through. But a lot of these players don't play for money. You know, a lot of them, yeah, yeah, it's about the paycheck. But there's a lot of pride based in a lot of these players that are in this league. And I think if you brought that type of mentality into the game, we would see, like, a resurgence of really, 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 really good, you know, team hockey, you know, as far as – this is the time we're allowed it to win. Every second counts. Overtime is just plain scary. Let's make it happen. You know, we got 60 minutes to get the job done. Those last five minutes, like you're saying, would turn into just amazing hockey. You want to see overtime? It would make the excitement of overtime that it is now those last five minutes of the game, you know? Yeah, I – my thinking is is that the players don't care if it's a point system or a win system. If you play your teams five times, like your division five times, you play each team five times, imagine what those five wins mean when you have a team like Nashville, Winnipeg, or St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. All go- that central division has is super rough. So, yeah, points matter. But now – you're adding in the fact that, okay, well, if we lose a game in overtime, we're still getting a point. You're taking all that away. So now you're turning it into each and every single one of those wins matters more than the other. Every time you face them, that, not, that win matters more than the other. And having a five-game series against teams or facing two teams that are going to play each other in the playoffs, either in the first round or second round, you're going to face most likely someone from your division that you've played five times before. It just makes for more exciting playoffs, knowing that the games matter more because they will matter from the start of the season to the end of the season because you hear people say that the points matter more at the end than they do at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think it would also make the situation so much easier because you can just be like, okay, Point percentage, you know, projected point, uh, projected win percentage on the season based off your current standings. That's how we roll. If you're above a certain line, you play in, you do this like play in tournament to see if you actually make the playoffs. Yeah. Man, that was fucking fascinating. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Um, I guess we can move, we can move on a little bit. Uh, have you seen about, Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, being bought or being terminated. Yeah. 
They have, I think uh, it's smart. Yeah, you know, they, they they just couldn't come to an agreement. He's not really sure if he wants to come back to the league. You know, um, he had an ankle surgery up in October. He's on his fourth season of his five-year contract. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that was the last one. Um, you know, Bufflin brought a really intimidating factor to the game, especially if the Jets make it to the playoffs. Uh, you see a lot of great hockey come from Dustin Bufflin. He just makes the game that much fun to watch. Maybe one of the last players that have that old-school style and mentality to his game. But, um, you know, definitely a player that's had his run-ins with, you know, his, you know, I what, his GMs over the years he had in Chicago. And uh, I wouldn't say so much with Winnipeg, but I feel like Winnipeg gave him a lot more room to do what he wanted. And we're kind of seeing that, you know, he's his in self taking time off has turned into possibly just, you know, making it official as far as, you know, staying out of the league. He's, he's a guy that likes a lot more than just hockey. And, you know, I'm sure hockey's just not interesting to him right now. Uh, I think it's a smart decision, like you said, though, to, to terminate the contract. You know, we're in a break right now. This is ample time to get it done. If he doesn't want to come back, you know, it is what it is. Uh, fortunately, like if he if he did decide he wanted to come back and the league, the season does pick back up, he cannot sign anywhere, you know, for the rest of this season. But, um, I mean, they are dropping a, a really big hit of – well, not big hit, but that's a $7.6 million contract. And, you know, I'm sure that it's going to help the Jets out a lot, you know, moving forward. That's That's a good chunk of money to help, you know, bring in – either a really solid player that they could either overpay or someone that can really stand their own there or, you know, bring in a couple of young guys to, to fill it out a little bit because they took a deep hit and really the defense in general uh, in the offseason, you know, before this one. Um, I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, I think it's smart. I think for Bufflin, uh, he – I didn't hear anything bad about him leaving Chicago. I thought it was just a money thing where they didn't have the cap to keep him. He wanted to play defense. They wanted him to play forward. I'm not 100% sure on, on how that transpired, but it worked out great for, for Winnipeg. Uh, obviously, it sucks to see him. If this is the way his career ends, it, kind of, it sucks hard. But, yeah. you know, I think – Looking forward, if he were to come back, there'd be plenty of teams that would want him. Absolutely. Um, and You know, I even talked about it preseason, how, you know, he could be a great fit for a lot of teams that are just trying to add not just, you know, a tenacity and a, and a driving force to a team, but someone who is also rather talented. You know, his puck, his puck moving skills are, are damn well, you know, top notch. You know, he's not the fastest player, but – the player like that, you're not really looking for speed out of him, and you can get that out of most young players and average players. This guy brings um, a lot of intense, very physical game and presence to whatever team he ends up on. You know, so if he ever decides to want to come back, I, I see a couple of teams really taking advantage of that. You know, yeah, like, and if the cap is staying at eight point or eighty one point five mil that like $7 million cap hit taken off their books is, is great. 
you know, you don't have to pay this guy. I don't think, I might be wrong, but it doesn't look, according to Cat Friendly, he's not on their payroll. I think it's, you know, they're not punished for it. So you're getting rid of all that cap as of next season. You're going to have a lot of cap space. Uh, they're projected at $18 million in cap space. You know, not a lot of big money free free agents coming off the books. Uh, you have Dmitry Kulikov. I don't think he's going to resign, but you don't have a lot of big name players to sign, which really help you or help the team in the long run. So I think Winnipeg's in a better position this offseason than they were heading in to the previous. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think New Jersey's in a particular spot where I don't know if you'd want him, if New Jersey would be interested in, in wanting him, but they have the cap space. If he's willing to take like a one year deal, he'd be great to have. In my opinion, you need, you need to hit the cap floor. You have 24, $28 million in cap space, just under 29. You can do it. Even if it's just for one year. Right. And I'm sure, you know, I know it's not something that would fix right now, but with Patrick Laine only signing those two years at 13-5, you know, uh, I'm sure they could add something to the to the group with this extra money right now, hopefully benefiting, you know, for their team wanting to keep Patrick Laine. You know, he's only there two years guaranteed right now. Um, maybe bringing in someone that would balance out his play, someone he's comfortable with. Um you know, could get this young forward to stick around a little bit longer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think, they could, again, they could also use this money to, to re-sign Line A long-term. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I've, I don't know, Winnipeg's in a weird situation right now. Yeah, they are, you know, but, but kudos to them for, for playing a – a pretty dominant hockey this season so far, you know, um, Connor Hellbuck, you know, despite they had a, a good grouping of losses, you know, they never really sat in the top three for long, if any, uh, in the central division, but they were, they were really held well together by uh, Connor Hellbuck. You know, at times he was listed at number fourth overall player in fantasy uh, strictly because of the amount of pucks that were coming coming his way and him still being able to, you know, stand on his head and keep the the team within, you know, keep the game alive in, in a sense, you know. Yeah, Hellebuck has definitely been a staple for Winnipeg. And he's had his off years, obviously. But it's – he's one of those guys that I'm just – I'm not 100% sure of year in and year out. Yeah, I understand that, but I think I think a lot of it fell onto his shoulders this year, considering you see all you know the depth that they've really lost uh, coming into this season. You know, it really felt like if if Hellbuck can't stand his own, this team's really doomed. You know, and we were looking at them as possibly being a team that really fell off this year. Um, me, I said that pretty early on um, in preseason, thinking that you know if looking at everything that they're losing, you know, defensively for Connor Hellbuck to be able to, for the most part, make up with that would be in the last line of defense. Um, speaks volumes about him. Yeah. 
I get what you're saying. He is hit or miss a lot of times, and but when he does look dominant, he looks fantastic. Yeah, I. Winnipeg's a team that I always have high hopes for, and they always seem to underdeliver. Yeah. And I like their I like their style of play. It's it's a lot like uh, the old old uh, Devils play. You know, there's they they've kind of had really really well done uh, offensive players capable of scoring, but then just brought this really mean 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 physical aggressive hockey style to their opponent that really just shut them down. And it was really their game to lose because they would keep you from forechecking. They kept you out of the game and really it, it just allowed their players to, you know, to get in and score the goals for them. Their defense was phenomenal. Um, and their goaltending was, was pretty damn stout just needing, you know, offense to capitalize and games were pretty much done for. All right, folks, you know, uh, so I, we just suffered a power outage on my side. Uh, New Orleans must be working on their uh, high speed internet or whatever, whatever happened. We thought we lost uh, the footage really don't have a lot of time today to re-record the episode. Uh, definitely what you would consider a close call. You know, Shane <laughs> Shane ended the meeting on his end, probably not knowing what the fuck was going on. Uh, me personally, I just, just about shit myself. I got real pale. But, uh, you know, with it being a close call, you know, speaking of close calls, uh, it's a good chance to bring up our sponsors for the episodes right now, which is Manscaped. You know, uh, a lot of times when, when people are shaving their nether regions, you know, uh, you get a lot of nicks and the shit sucks. There's nothing worse than getting uh, scared to death when you painfully nick your nuts or, or anything like that. Definitely a close call. This is just as perfect as it can be to bring that up. But uh, with Manscaping oh and the lawnmower 3.0, you can't nick yourself, you know, uh, it's really God's most universal tool for keeping yourself groomed down below. Um, Shane, have you used yours? How- I haven't got mine. Oh man, Canada. They haven't got, they Drop haven't the fucking the ball. Yet. Dropping the ball, yet. okay. So I'm still waiting to hear from it. I've heard good things. Let I me, keep, I keep seeing, oh wow, um, there we go. Um, I keep seeing, you know, the ads on YouTube and whatnot. But, yeah, I uh, I haven't got mine yet. So, hopefully the things can get worked out. But, yeah, I've heard good things. All right. Look, man, I got mine as soon as I got back from God's country a couple of weeks back. Uh, I just opened it. Uh, I did my thing the other day. And let me just say, like, I'm not a big pain tolerant man. I can do tattoos. Like I can understand, like if I know the pain's coming, it's not as bad. If it just randomly happens, it like, you know, like I get pale and shit. Like I, my heart starts racing. That's something that happens when I shave. Uh, if anyone's ever seen a picture of me, I'm not a shaved person. Uh, I'm a very hairy man. And this thing, I really took it to the test. I did everything possible to cut myself with this thing and it did not happen. Uh, my wife was laughing at me. Um, it was just actually, it was, it was pretty damn funny. The, the, you know, the path I was willing to take to test out this, you know, immaculate non, non nicking, non cutting razor blade, you know, uh, for shaving, it did nothing. And I'm, I can't be more proud to have 
be part of a sponsorship with a group that has really mastered how to not hurt yourself in the bathroom when taking care of yourself. Um, I feel like David Ayers, you know, cleaning a sheet of ice on a Zamboni. That's what it feels when I'm done with this thing. There's no nicks in the ice or nothing. Uh, I speak nothing but absolute just a big fan. I, I'm so shocked right now that we didn't lose the footage. Uh, and I'm trying to do the best ad read I can <laughs> while I'm still having a mild panic attack. I, um, I'm double saving everything right now, but it's here. Uh, Shane, once you guys get it, I'm, you can't cut yourself with this thing. You can't. You just can't, dude. And it's well, fucking we'll awesome. Find out. And I hope, I hope Canada gets it soon. This is fucked up that Canada hasn't received theirs, especially Shane, my co-host. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully we get it soon. Don't get me wrong. I would love to get it. I don't know what to do. You know, if it, if you don't get one, I'll 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 ask them to send me one so I can send to you personally. At least I know it could get to someone out there, you know. But uh but folks, after that scary incident, I think we're gonna wrap it up for this episode. Uh I'm I'm too scared to go on any long in case it happens again. And I don't know how fortunate we would be a second time. But, uh, folks, you guys stay safe out there. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bayou Benders. Shane, where can we find y'all with your new, brand-new name brand? Uh, you guys can find me on uh, Centurion Overtaking on Twitter. You can also find me at uh, Shane underscore Ryan 97. And for any of your football lovers out there that are taking a quick listen, uh, head on to 13th Man uh, Pod on Twitter for a Canadian podcast of Canadian football. So definitely, definitely check them out too. Fucking right, man. That's awesome. I don't know that much about Canadian football. Well, but I will listen definitely listen because will, I can learn, learn about it. I'm a big uh, fan of learning. Yeah, take a listen to it. And if you, again, it's a great introduction. Definitely take a listen to it. Definitely will. Uh, fans, you should as well. Um, you guys have a great night. Continue to be safe. Don't be like Florida. Don't be another like, fucking, you know, uh, number in the statistics that's messing up. We want everything to go back to normal. Don't be like that. Back so much sports. Sports, I, I can't. No, sports have been gone way too long. Yeah, this is tragic. It's fucking tragic. But, folks, you have a great night. Have a great weekend and a start to your your new week. Just God bless you guys. Hang in there. We'll talk to you all later. listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockeypodnet new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from